What a Savior. This morning I had something ready to preach and felt pretty good. Got it put together. The Lord laid something on my heart and I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks. And But after I had turned my notes in for the booth and I began to was having a conversation in my office before I went to the prayer room and sometimes the Holy Ghost will put a statement in your mouth <laughs> and after I started to get walk out I turned around and went back and wrote it down on my notepad I said I need to there's something about that I said I don't know what God's trying to do and so I went to the prayer room he said you need to turn in some different scriptures so I don't have any notes today but I do know that God's going to speak to somebody in this house. That God's going to talk to those that are sad because things are not the way they were. That God is going to start rebuilding lives and putting things back in place and in perspective. That God is going to give people a revelation of what it's like to be new. I don't know how to... Uh, during the worship, I've been trying to figure out where the springboard was to jump into this, and I'm glad they did this song. I didn't know how I was going to be preaching this when they did this song, but it deals with the love that God has for us. And so I'm just going to jump into this scripture, and then we're going to see what God will do, but you need to listen to what the Spirit will say today. In Second Samuel chapter 12, this is after Uriah has been sent to battle and he's been killed. It says, The Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up in it grew up together with him, with his children. It did eat of his own meat, drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock, of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him. But took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that has done this thing shall surely die. Well, I'm telling you, I'm glad that we don't have the final say in things sometimes. We get too emotional sometimes and words fly out of our mouth. And I thank God that he just lets them fall to the ground sometimes. He didn't know what he was saying. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. I want to just stop right here. And let's pray. Jesus, let us hear what you would say to us today. And God, give me words for your people, for those that are 
under the sound of my voice today that they might be blessed and changed and helped today. Let us receive this word in good ground today. And I thank you for your love and mercy and your compassion today. God, I ask you to bless all that's done in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Would you give the Lord a hand before you're seated? For his love and for his mercy, for his grace today. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I don't know how to proceed except to say, can you picture how David felt? I I can guarantee you this, that there was not a man, I believe, on planet Earth that was more sad or grieved when he heard these words, thou art the man. I can't imagine a man who had the anointing of God on his life to be king of God's people, who had done marvelous works, was a tremendous worshiper and wise and could play music, was skilled in the Psalms and, and just had the uh, loyalty of many, many people that he, that he was the king over. And the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. He had everything going for him. When the Lord told David, Thou art the man, he then speaks for God and says, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house, thy master's wives, into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. The blessings and the blessed life that David was living uh, was so tremendous. And I'm sure there were times where he looked back and just marveled at the way God had brought him out of that pasture, just a little boy. And maybe he would recount that day when he stood in the valley against Goliath and, and how that he had, even when Saul would try to stick him to the wall with that javelin, he would play and minister so these evil spirits would depart from Saul and and I'm sure he, he thought about how I, I had opportunity to do wrong, but God would step in and I wouldn't do the wrong things. And, and now I'm, I'm so caught up in uh, the thing I've covered up that I don't even realize when it's spoken right before my face. I'm so angry at other people's faults and wrongs that uh, this man's going to die for what he's done. And then this king anointed and blessed and favored and after God's own heart is faced with his own failure. David, thou art the man. Or it'd be easy to give up. It'd be easy to quit. I cannot imagine as he listened to what, we know he was afraid because David begins to uh, talk to the prophet and the prophet lets him know God's going to take care of this, but you're not going to die. David was afraid for his life. But David had to listen, as the prophet said, but this child that's born is going to die. There's going to be a price paid for what's happening, David. David, this is awful. You've given the enemy account to rejoice over what you've done. You brought a child in this world and people ought to be rejoicing and singing songs and being glad. But it said in the previous chapter that this thing did not please God. And I'm sure that David can hardly take the weight 
knowing that I am God's anointed, that I am the king of these people, and that I am supposed to set the example. I'm supposed to set the mark, and I have done terribly in the eyes of God. Don't you know that David wished that he could go back and never ever walked out onto the roof of his house where he saw Bathsheba, where sin began to enter in and thoughts began to enter in and he entertained and acted on the thoughts he had. Don't you know he wished that he could go back to the days? Um, he probably said, oh, if I could just go back to the days where I sat in the field and played and, and worshipped and just protected my dad's flock. If I could just go back to the days before I let God down. And this morning, I was thinking about David and was talking about situations like this with someone. And like I said, sometimes the Holy Ghost will put something in your mouth. And this is where I'll give you the title. It might never be the same again. But it can be new. You need to... Take a second, let that sink in. It may never be the same again, but it can be new. You may never get back the time that was lost and wasted when you failed God. You may never be able to go back before the time that you broke somebody's heart or broke their trust or hurt their feelings. You may never be able to go back to the time where you broke God's heart and when you walked away from him and turned your back on him. You may never get that time back. It may never ever be like it was, but it can be new. It may never be like it was when you were serving God and you were on fire. It may never be like it was before you tripped and fell, but it can be new. Come on, somebody. I know that we wish that we had not made the mistakes we made. And it would be awful if we did not have a Savior. It would be awful if we did not have a God that loved us. But I need somebody to know in here today, don't you quit because you made a mistake. Don't you give up because you've missed God. It may never be like it was. You may never get back to that time. But Jesus said, I make all things new. And so it may never be like it was, but honey, it can still be new. I cannot imagine how David's heart broke. I cannot imagine the shame that he felt because he had stood for God so many times. He had fought for God so many times. And it was this little bitty thing, this little sin of the flesh that got him. I'm sure he was probably embarrassed because people knew what he had done. And he began to feel shame and wonder how will anybody listen to me as king anymore? And, and I may never have, and he probably never did have the trust. So we like to think, well, everything just went back and it was all fine. But I was talking with Brother Nathaniel this morning. I said, I'm sure there was somebody in that kingdom that never got over what David did. I'm sure there was somebody till the day they died, they were like, I hope I never see him in person. I can't believe what he did. I'm sure there was plenty that forgave him because God forgave him. And it may never be like it was, David. It won't ever be exactly the way it was. David had a time of peace. He was always victorious. But, but God let him know this. There's trouble coming to your house because of this, David. 
it's going to be rough now because of the things you've done. You've given occasion for the enemy, and, and there's going to be some terrible things come your way. You're going to have trouble in your own house, and this kid that you welcomed into this world like it, it was your own, it's going to die. It will never be like it was, David, but it can be new. And you need to hear me today, precious, precious soul. Don't try to get back what was lost. Get the new. You know, sometimes when we're driving our cars and we can have a wreck, Brother Larry, the car is totaled. Oh, but I love this car. It was my first car. I, I went on my first date with my wife in this car. You know, we brought our kids home from the hospital in this car. It's totaled. Now I'm going to fix it. It will never be like it was before. You know what you need? A new car. A new car. Well, this is a 1968. Yeah, you need a 2019. It'll have Bluetooth. It'll have air conditioning. It'll have power steering. It'll have power windows. It'll have heated seats. It'll have a camera in the back. It'll have satellite radio. It'll have leather seats. Look at all the things that come when things are made new. Hey, I know that we grieve over the past, but the past is the past. I'm telling you that it may never be like it was, and it may never be the same as it was, but it can be new. And when we realize that God can make all things new, the Bible says, hey, even for the beginning, when you go down in that water in his name, your sins are washed away. You're raised up to walk in the newness of life. I don't think about where he brought me from. I don't think about all the things from the past. Those things died. Those things went away. Now things are new. I told you I didn't know where I was going. I ain't got no nose to fly with today, but I'm just trying to let you know that Jesus can make all things new. There, ain't nothing, there might be some things that are beat up pretty bad. And they'll never be the same as they were. You'll never be able to change the damage that you did maybe back then. But God is able to make all things new. I've watched him do it in people's lives. I've watched him do it in their relationships. I've seen people that were on the brink and they were going to leave each other, but God put them back together. And it might not be like it was, but it's better than it's ever been before because it was new. Now something's fixed. Now it's better. Now it's new. And they would tell you today that it was worth it. It was awful and it was hard and it was bad, but God made it new. If you keep reading this story, you'll find out that after David's fasting and praying and seeking, the child dies anyway because he's trying to hang on to something that God's already said, I wasn't pleased with it. And so they bury the child and the child is gone. And David goes in and comforts his wife and he lies with her and it says, and she conceives and has a son named Solomon and it says, and God loved Solomon because this was all right. It wasn't the same as it was. It'll never be the same that it was. Now it's new. David's been forgiven. He wasn't killed. He wasn't kicked out of the kingdom. He was forgiven. And now he was able to go ahead and have a child. And God loved that child. 
don't keep fretting over things that you did wrong. God has already forgiven you. Quit trying to hang on to the past like an anchor. Quit dragging it around like an old dead piece of flesh. But honey, let it be gone and let God make it new. You can never get it back. You can't get the time back. You can't stop the words that came out of your mouth. You can't change that. There's actions, things that happened, things that were done. You can't change it. You'll always remember it. You'll always regret it. And it'll never be like it was before that. But it can be better because it can be new. God don't just put a band-aid on us and patch us up. He said, I make it new. When we ask him to forgive us, he forgives us. When we repent of our sins and are baptized in the name of Jesus, all our sins are washed away. And then we're raised up to walk in the newness of life. You need to hear what I'm talking about. Because you're holding yourself down and you're holding yourself back and you're dropping your head in shame. You can't even pray like you want to pray because the memory of what you did wrong is still in your head. But I'm telling you today, it might never be like it was before, but honey, it can be new. And if you would just embrace that new and walk in that new, God can open up doors that you've never seen before. That's all God wants to do. He didn't want David dead. He didn't want David gone. He didn't want to kick David out. He knew that David did wrong. He wasn't pleased with what David had done, but he said, I know what's in him. I know what he can do when he's living right. I know what he can do when he's not making mistakes. And that's the same way God looks at you and me. He knows what you can do when you're on fire. He knows what you can do when you're praying. He knows what you can do when you're serving. That's what he wants. He don't want you out. He don't want you gone. He don't want to kick you to the curb. He just wants to make it new. There's people that were here when we started this church. They just like family to me. And I watched them hanging by a thread. I love you. I watched, as pastor, I watched people hang on to the edge. And I can be honest, I didn't know how it was going to turn out. I know what I was praying. I know what I wanted. I know what I wanted to see happen, but I didn't know, Brother Stevens, I had no idea how these, some of these situations were going to unfold. Because there was hurts, and there was hang-ups, and there was all kind of stuff that happened. How do people get past it? How's it going to work? How are they ever going get to get back? And God said, I'm not wanting them to get back. I want them to let me make it new. I don't need them to go backwards because then they're going to walk right back in to the mess they were in. What I need to do is take them on past it. What I need to do is go ahead and, and make it new. In Ezekiel chapter 36, in verse 33, the Lord said, In the day that I have cleansed you from all your iniquity, I will also cause you to dwell in cities. Waste The waste shall be builded. It's going to be new. I'm not going to make old stuff magically appear. I'm going to build. It's going to be new. 
and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, this land that was desolate is become like the garden of Eden. And the way, that garden's gone. Going to make it new. And the desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. And then the heathen people that are, are left around about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. I don't want to get rid of you. I just want to make it new. I don't want to kick you out. I don't want to lose you. God don't want to lose you. He don't want you to stop. He don't want you to give up. He don't want you to surrender. He, he don't want you, hey, let's see if I can retrace my steps. No, don't worry about that. Just start walking forward. Walk out of it. Walk in newness of life. Go forward. When you go back, all you see is what you did wrong. And maybe sometimes we need to know what we did. So we don't repeat the steps, but don't go back to the past. Don't go back to the ruin. Walk in the newness of life. It's time to serve God, and it's time to move forward. Because let me tell you, I don't care what kind of joy you experienced before the fall. You'll never get that back. Because every time you think of that, you'll be reminded of the other. But what's glorious is to look what God has done. That he took something that was destroyed. He took something that was broken. He took something that got messed up. And he made it new. He didn't patch it. He didn't plaster it. He didn't throw a fresh coat of paint on it. What he did was make it new. Because he can do that. He's the creator. And he can make it new. All you and I can do. uh, Hey we can put a band-aid on it. But God can make it new. And then it doesn't matter. What anybody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else assumes or what they believe about it. God has made the say. God has made the move. God has made it new. Let yourself walk in the newness of life. Stop dragging chains. Stop dragging shame. Stop dragging your past around. Leave it where it's supposed to be. Leave it with God. Leave it alone. And be the new creature that God called you to be. It's amazing that we think of that scripture in 2 Corinthians. If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creature. That, that, all that applies to is people that are dripping wet out of the baptistry. Let me tell you, when God makes you a new creature and you make a mistake, you don't become an old creature. You don't automatically go back to the person you were before you was baptized. And <laughs> David, David was still king. He didn't go. Uh, he wasn't transported back to. You know, they'd handcuff him and cart him off to the pasture and say, "Get back out here and watch sheep." I was reading this this morning and looking at it, and God said, "You know, here's what people don't understand. The one this is written to the church." He's trying to remind them that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Some things you need to remember. That ain't you no more. That ain't you no more. That ain't you no more. New creature. But I fail. Yeah. You fail while you're a new creature. Joshua fell flat on his face in the promised land. God still used him. David fell flat on his face while he was king. God still let him be king. 
new creatures will handle failure differently. Because the old man runs when he fails. The old man tries to cover up when he fails. The old man will lie when he fails. But the new creature will repent when he fails. The new creature will say, I'm sorry that I missed you, God, because this is not what I wanted. And now I can't change what I've done, and I can't change what I said. I forgive you. Because if I confess my faults, he's faithful to forgive me. And you know what I still am? I'm a new creature. (laughs) Because once he moved inside, once he washed away my sins, I became a new creature in Christ. And old things have passed away. When you going to stop acting like the old man and start acting like the new man? Tell God you're sorry. Let him wash it away. Let him forgive you and you stay new. Huh? Well, we wish you just lift your hands for a moment and thank God. He hadn't put you out by the curb for collection. He hadn't thrown you away. He knows what's going on. He knows where the wrong is. He, he understands that, but you are a new creature in Christ. You're a new creature in Christ. You don't respond the way the old man does. You don't run. You don't hide. You don't give in. You don't quit. But you say, God, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me. When you read about David writing scriptures like, I cried unto the Lord. And he delivered me. So we, because we like the principle of it, we think that's, that's the sinner man. This is the king. This is the anointed. This is how the anointed responds to situation. I cry out to God. I call on my help. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. When I'm in the valley, when I'm low, when I've messed up, when I've made mistakes, David didn't stick his chest out and say, I don't care what God says. This boy ain't going to die. David started fasting. He laid on his face and started praying. He started seeking God. He said, maybe he'll turn. Maybe he'll repent. Maybe he'll save the child. I don't know, but I'm not quitting God just because I made a mistake. I still know what works. And crying out to God is what works. Sticking with the Lord is what works. I have nobody in heaven or earth but you, God. I don't have anybody else that can fix this. Ain't nobody else that can cover it up. It's a mess. And so you realize the only thing I can do is pray and say, God, help me in this mess. And oh, how many times God has made things new. New. I mentioned about getting a new car a while ago. They don't just hatch out of an egg. They're on an assembly line. They're put together. They're built. There's a lot of things go in them before they rolled out. Maybe it ain't rolled off the line for you yet. But don't quit. God's working on you. God's putting things in order. God's letting people speak into your life. Hey Amen. On those assembly lines, there's people doing everything. This one's putting on the exhaust. This one's putting in the interior. He's putting the headlights on, whatever. But everybody's got a job and it's all working together to get a finished brand new product. Stay in the church. Stay with the saints and stay with God. Because if you get out, who's going to work on you? If you get out, who's going to help you? Who's going to fix you? Who can help you if you run away? Stay 
I'm telling you, I know it's heartbreaking. You're ashamed. You're embarrassed. You went, God, if I could just go back before I made that mistake. You can't. You don't have to. That's the good news. You don't have to go back to that. You just say, God, forgive me right here where I am, caught in my sin, caught in my mistake, caught in my failure. Forgive me. And he says, I make all things new. That's not a one-time thing. Thank God it doesn't just apply to when we're baptized. Because I've had to say, God, forgive me so many times in 26 years. So many times I've said, God, forgive that thought, forgive that mean word, forgive that evil look. And I know some of y'all can't believe I'd ever be mean, but it's, it happens. Sometimes it just, uh, I'm like, God, I know I'm better than that. What in the world was I thinking? And I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed. But the last thing I'm going to do is shut my mouth and not say, God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. I don't want to be lost and I don't want to be a failure and I don't want to let you down. Help me. Oh, God, just help. Just help. Oh, God, don't quit. Don't quit. Don't stop. Maybe it's, uh, well, this ain't applying to me today, but it will. And if it is applying to you today, you hear what this preacher's saying to you. God changed everything around in my mind and my heart today because somebody needs to listen up. You don't walk away from God. You don't walk away from your calling. You don't walk away from that anointing. You don't, don't you surrender that. Because nobody else is going to get it. You're an example. You're still the light of the world. You're still the salt of the earth. You're still who God called you to be. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He still wants you serving Him. So please, I'm begging you, don't quit. Don't stop. There's too many. There's already too many. We can't fill all the jars with the names of people. They just walk away. God, help us to remind them. Hey, 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 you're a new creature. This is not how you respond. Well, I've just made too big of a mess. Never for God. It's never too much for God to handle. It's never too hard for Him to make it new. If he did it at the beginning of your walk, don't you think he can still do it all throughout your walk? It wasn't a one-time thing. But this is the God I'm talking about that will kick down walls and light up all the shadows and, and find you and search for you. He don't give up. He don't quit. He loves you. And it just will never be the same. It don't need to be. Because Jesus makes it new. Honey, you can come. I don't have any notes, so I don't have a stopping point. So if somebody don't come play music, I'm going to keep preaching. Ah. <sighs> I think about P. 
Peter, how sad he was when he swore, I'll die with you. Oh, not me. Everybody else might go, Jesus, but not me. And at the most desperate time of his life, Peter said, I don't know who he is. Not once, not twice, but three times. And even cursing, trying to throw off people. Just, I don't know the man. But that's scripture where it says that Jesus was looking at him when he said it. I cannot imagine how Peter felt when his eyes caught the eyes of the Lord. He said he went out and wept bitterly. I guarantee you he was the saddest man on planet earth. I don't know how he lived through that. But he did. And he could never change the fact that he denied Jesus. He could never change the fact that he, he can't passed off his hearsay because Jesus was there and he heard it. He could never forget the look on the face of the Lord. He could never forget the words rolling off his lips. And I'm sure thinking, oh, I just talked up so big how I would stay with him. Oh, I wouldn't leave him. I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the one. That's going to be me. I've got the keys to the kingdom. He's, he said so many great things about me. There's no way I'm going to fail. And here I stand. Denying that I even know his name. But he still preached. Because that's the love of God. Because it. That wasn't the last time he saw Jesus. He saw him after he was raised from the dead. And I'm sure there was a little hesitation in Peter when he pops up in that room. Is he fixing to get me for what I did? But Jesus just covers it all when he says, Peace be unto you. All that fear and worry just melts away, and it'll never be the same, Peter. Not in his mind. He knows he said he knows he done it. But now it's new. I'm back from the dead. You've got a job to do. Ain't no sense in hashing it out. I never read where Jesus ever mentions that to Peter anywhere. Hey, Pete, before we get you go and do anything else, we need to talk. He'd already let go of it. Because I'm sure in them tears of that he went out crying, he was saying, God, forgive me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Ain't no need to rehash it. It's just time to move forward. Because it'll never be the same as it was. But it can be new. If you've never surrendered your life to God, you need to. If I don't know you and you're visiting today and you've never had things made new, the Bible says we have to be in Christ for that to happen. And the scripture says the only way to get into him is to be baptized into him. As many of you as have been baptized into Christ, that's how you get into Christ. 
we're always like, how can I get Christ in me? Well, yeah, that's coming. But we got to get into him. That's the way that he said he wanted us to be one, just like him and his father were one. But when we repent of our sins, God, I'm sorry for the way I lived and we're baptized in his name. The blood's applied. Everything you did prior to that moment is washed away. It's a clean slate. It's new. And then it says, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit. And we walk in newness of life. And that's how we defeat the flesh and beat the flesh and stay new. That's how we learn to, that's the Holy Ghost to help you, help you not to quit. If you live in it. Let's stand together. And I know that this was for somebody today. I don't have to have anybody raise their hand and say it was for me. I already know it was for people in here today. These altars are open for you to come and pray. For you to accept the new. For you to come and say, God, I'm going to walk in the new. If you need to repent today, it's time for you to act like that new creature. Respond the way a new creature would. God, I'm sorry for the mistake I made. I'm sorry for what I said or what I did. Forgive me. And this is where you leave it. We used to sing an old song, leave it there. Bring it to the altar and leave it there. Don't take it out of here with you today. You walk out of this building a new creature. You walk out of this place and into this life new. Ready to serve God. Ready to do for God. Find you a place and pray. Pray with somebody. If you're not praying, find somebody to pray with. Speak a word of faith to somebody. Encourage somebody in the Holy Ghost in this building this morning. Come on, this is too important. We can't afford to lose anybody else. People not even realize they don't have to quit. They don't have to walk away. Because Jesus makes all things new. Let's pray.
let him work on you. He loves you. what to say I hope you've heard what the spirit would say to you today I told someone in the altar today don't don't quit don't take yourself out don't bench yourself God called you to things what we'll do sometimes is we'll get busy and a lot of other things because we don't feel like we're worthy of the things God called us to. And so we busy ourselves with just being in life and doing life normal and this is what we do now, but God still got a calling on your life. Let me tell you, sheep were not in David's future anymore. He wasn't going to be out watching the flock no more. Peter tried to go back he told the guys one day, he said, I'm going fishing. And everybody else said, well, we're going too. But as soon as he saw the Lord on the bank, there's something got a hold of him. And he, he didn't wait until they rode into shore. He dove in and started swimming. Because he knew it's still there. That's what I, I don't want to be fishing no more. I don't be in this old life no more. This is not, I'm getting back to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Don't give up. Don't go back. It'll never be the same. It's new now. You're a new creature in Christ. Walk in that newness and let God be victorious in your life. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap and a shout. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. You're a new creature. Why don't you take somebody by the hand and tell them, don't you give up. Don't you quit. You're a new creature. Come on, lift that hand to heaven. Let's lift it together one time and let's worship. Worship together before we get out of here. You still got mighty things to do for God. Hallelujah. It ain't over. It ain't over.
Hallelujah. Come on, raise a voice and shout a praise to God. Hallelujah. Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not over. I'm not finished. I'm still going for God. You just thought it was over, but the Holy Ghost just reminded you, I still got a work for you. You thought you were done, but the Holy Ghost is telling you, honey, you ain't even started yet. Somebody ought to shout right Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ain't no little mistake can stop a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we rejoice in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I know I can't remember who said it, but I remembered while we were worshiping just then, there was a pretty famous saying that we have not yet begun to fight. And this man made the statement when it looked like they were losing. When it looked like this was it. He said, but we have not yet begun to fight. You just tell your problem, your situation. Paul said, I fought a good fight. You just tell your situation, I have not even begun to fight. You don't know what's going to happen when I start praying. You don't know what's going to happen when I start praying in the Holy Ghost when I start preaching when I start reaching when I start serving you don't even know I hadn't even begun to fight praise God God's going to use you and God good hey be in church tomorrow night 7 o'clock for prayer meeting we're going to have a great time in the Lord you walk out of this building a new creature in Jesus name God bless you you're dismissed <laughs>